You are listening to the Fire Pit Podcast. Today, we are discussing conversations with my past self, something to that effect. It's still a working title. The gist is I read an email uh, that dad sent me. Um, well, he forwarded it to me. And then uh, it was an interesting experience. I was reading through it, and then you just kind of like get a glimpse of me like circa i want to say 10 years ago maybe longer i think it was longer and the tone was very entitled it was very aggressive it was you know why am i working for the man when i should work for myself and my ideas are amazing and look at this amazing idea i just had it i should start a business and um, be successful i even signed it as like google's worst nightmare which it was very uh, it, but the great thing for me is it gave me a lot of perspective in where i am now um i learned <laughs> So if I could address that person that sent the email, which was my past self years ago, um, don't be so entitled. Uh, the world doesn't owe you anything. Um, you're working at a job that you, of your own volition, got and work at. So you're not, you're not like doing anyone a favor. Like it's a mutual relationship that you're engaged in actively. So you can't blame your employer. Like they, they don't appreciate me. It's like, well, did you tell them? No, I'm still working on that today. It's like addressing things with people. I had a, a boss that um, I finally got fed up and I was like, I'm, I'm going to ask for a raise. It's been years. And I asked him and he says, you know, I agree. Uh, and I said, what about these other people? They got promoted. And he goes, they asked. And I was like, oh, I see. So that was a great lesson. I would tell that to my past self. Just ask. You don't have to go kicking down the door. Like it's I just came out. Squeaky wheel so philosophy. You, you, you were the squeaky wheel at that point. And uh, just like I told you before, there's times when, when you're wondering why. Get cut out for one second. Yeah, the squeaky wheel. I get like you, like if you. If you're not going to address something head on, you expect someone to seek you out and be like, wow, we should give you a promotion. You're doing a great job. You employee number 121 of 5,000 people. Like it was just a very um, delusional view, a very young man's view, young me, not young man. I don't want to judge everyone that's young. But when I was young, I had this attitude which probably was a byproduct of being homeschooled and teaching myself through high school i didn't place limits on myself which the negative downside of that is you just think you can accomplish anything and when things got hard i normally had tenacity to pursue and push through it especially if it was like an engineering non-person issue but the second it was a people issue i just bailed completely so that was that was a really good example of addressing things with my past self. Also, like you don't have to be so aggressive with being successful. Like I at that point in my life, 
I think I thought I have to take down Google. And it's like, dude, like, no, like start small. How about you do your own thing? Worry about yourself. That That's what I would tell my younger self as far as business with my, with my acquired business acumen that I've, that I've acquired over the years of getting hit in the face. Well, you know, one thing I would say, you know, you're talking about taking down Google. I think it's just a, it's a common thing for all of us to want to get affirmation. Um, we, we want to know that we have something of value to offer that we're, we're worthwhile, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Problem is so many times we look in the wrong places for that affirmation. Uh, either we're taking way too much from our critics who really don't know us and we're weighing ourselves down with their criticisms um, or you're getting something from somebody who really doesn't understand what you're doing. And so you really need to find somebody who understands what you're doing also has your best interest at heart, really cares about you, cares about your dreams. Those are the people that you need to be looking to for affirmation because they'll they'll be the ones that will propel you into your future. Yeah, I, that was another good aspect, right? I, I was very a lone wolf. I only need myself. I, I don't need anyone else. And I think that's a very... Mm, unwise situation when there's the thing that has made me successful later in life is asking questions. I check my ego at the door. I come out the gate and I'm very honest with, you know, I don't know anything about this. Can you help me? And I think younger self just struggled with that. If I couldn't get it, I just wouldn't tell anyone that I didn't know what it was or I didn't know how to do it. It was funny when I applied to MIT, uh, here's another snippet. Um, I didn't apply to any other college, uh, which was very dumb. Uh, and MIT acceptance rate is like ridiculously low across the entire, across the world. And so I was like, I'm going to get in. Obviously, I'm a genius. I'm an amazing person. Like just these like delusions of grandeur. And and like I, uh, uh, it, it was fine. It, it was just, it wasn't misplaced. It, it, it was slightly misplaced, but it was just, I was young. So, uh, so I, the good thing is to like be like that as opposed to like being really down on myself. So I applied to MIT and I didn't get in uh, shocker and I was destroyed. Uh, but like my girlfriend, who's not my wife was super supportive and like she was crying cause she felt my pain. And, but for me, I legitimately, if I were to talk to myself now and be like, I'd be like, Hey man, look, um, you gotta apply to other schools uh, not just a super Ivy League school when you're coming from nowhere. You have no credentials, extracurriculars that you were homeschooled. So they do accept them, but like not as much as like fully accredited, like even private schools out of high school. Uh, just apply to A&M, UT, all these other schools, like spread it out and just like roll the die. Not, I mean, prepare yourself that, you could get into several schools or just kind of have backup options. But I didn't because I was like, I'm going to get in. It's going to be amazing. They'll probably call me on the phone. So I didn't get in. Uh, no, I called everyone to, to, I didn't even read like now myself. Now I would open the acceptance letter or decline letter, rejection letter and read it first. I didn't even do that. I was like, everyone assemble. 
this is amazing. Here's my acceptance letter. And I started reading it out loud. You did not get in. And I, I was just, oh, oh what, what am I going to do? So I ended up going to a community college, which was great, you know, and there were classes that were hard at community college that it was just a very good humbling experience for me to really bump up against or bump up against like not limitations, but like potential growth areas for me that I did not have any idea that I had. So that, I mean, that was actually a blessing in disguise. If I would have gotten into MIT, I think I would have been super cocky about it because I was already cocky about it just applying. And I told everybody, I was like, oh, I like I just told everybody. And like, and if I were to advise myself now, it's like, hey, man, like, let's keep it down a little bit, like apply to other schools. But yeah, that was another good example. Yeah, I. Um, obviously, I uh, was a little different than you growing up. I wasn't homeschooled or anything, um, although school came easy to me. As a matter of fact, I, I rarely studied. Um, my sister hated me because I bring home all these good grades. But the the seeds of destruction were seen early in my life. I, I still have my old report cards from grade school. And although academically I was doing okay, I was um, was not the best behaved child. I uh, um, I think I told you I did have one teacher who had a conference with my mother and said we're gonna we're gonna change him to a different class because his personality and mine they they clash and you know <laughs> and and I look back at that and I'm thinking somebody needed to beat that kid's butt off you know because I, I I really was I wasn't focused um, I was probably somewhat ADHD but I, I needed discipline you know we we put these acronyms on folks ADD ADHD and I'm not saying that those aren't legitimate you know diagnosis for some people. But there may be just an issue of lack of discipline in a person's life. And uh, that's not something that we're born with. You know, you have to train someone to be disciplined. That's part of the beauty of athletics is that you want to you want to compete. <laughs> you got to discipline yourself to the the routines, the regimens, the exercises, the diets and all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, you know, stay home. Um, so I. Um, and when I look back on it, uh, there was, you know, various things that happened to me that I regret. I uh, wish I could go back and change them. Obviously, I cannot. Um, but one of the things that just moving forward in my life, I think, has been really good is that I've, I've had an opportunity to see myself um, in the mirror, okay? Um, a lot of times it came through a person who shared something about me, and sometimes it wasn't always very complimentary, whatever. And I saw the truth of it, and I thought, wow, um, okay. And and the next best thing that I did after that was buckle down and say, I'm going to change that about myself. Thank you. Well, that, that takes some humility to do that. I mean, you can... You can keep up the facade. You can try to blow smoke and hope that people will see what you want them to see. But, you know, honestly, your life is a series of smoke and mirrors that 
that you're, you're never going to grow because you don't let people really see you, the real you, so that they can give real feedback to you so that you can grow. Because what they're feeding back to you is based on the facade that you're portraying to them. And that's not you. So I think, you know, when you get to the point where you where you you want to be real and you want to grow, one of the best things that anybody could ever do is find somebody to be your mentor. It could be a parent. It could be a teacher. It could be anybody. But then then you need to apply yourself in being vulnerable to them. Because to the extent that you hold back things about yourself, that's where you limit your growth. Um, I've had some experiences in the recent past where I've with, been with groups of men that we really got to know each other well. Honestly, it was very uncomfortable at times because there were things that I realized that I was holding back and that I, I didn't necessarily want to bring out. But as I did, there was a freedom that came from that. It was like shedding something that no longer had the power that it once had over you. You've kind of taken that power away from it so it's no longer controlling you. Um, that's one of the benefits of being able to be vulnerable, not just with anyone, but with people who really care about you, know you, and, and have your best interest at heart. You can really grow from those kinds of experiences. Unfortunately for me, I didn't learn that early in life. And so as I was growing up, I had a lot of walls. I had a lot of facades that I had out there and that I wanted people to see. And, and I had no idea at the time that I was hampering my own growth, that there may have been heights which I could have reached had I only been willing to be vulnerable and honest with people, but I wasn't. And so that limited my growth in a lot of my earlier years. Some of that was based out of fear. I mean, we're all to some extent into self-protection because we nobody likes pain, right? We don't want to hurt over things and, and criticism hurts. And if you're sensitive and I don't even know that you have to be necessarily sensitive, criticism hurts. And a lot of times what that's the only thing we think about. Sometimes that overrides praise because all we seem to be able to think about is that one critic in the crowd that just blasted you. We don't even sometimes we don't even stop to think about the validity of the criticism. Maybe they they don't know us that well, or maybe they really haven't that maybe they had an axe to grind. Who knows what their reasoning was behind their criticism? But we put too much weight in that. And um we need to we need to be able to take the criticism from, from whatever source and know what to do with it. Some of it we ash can. Some of it we take it and we look at it and we say, well, I, I need to discover the validity of it. Do I need to do something with my life because of what this criticism says about me? But it all goes back to that willingness to be vulnerable, that willingness to allow someone into your life who cares about you. I, that's crucial. And and is and has wisdom. That's also crucial uh, that you can grow from and that you can learn from. And man, you can you can uh, kick life into high uh, high drive there uh, under those kind of circumstances. But all the hiding, all the stuff we do to make people think things about us that aren't true, 
it, it does nothing to further your growth. It only really keeps you in the same place and possibly even pushes you down the other direction. Yeah, um, I identify 100% on the social thing. I think I grew up, family life was great. Uh, being at home, being homeschooled, I had a lot of interaction with you and mom as adults. I mean, interacting with adults. So like I would, you guys would have to kind of push me to go play with people my own age because I just want to hang out and talk to the adults, which is good. I mean, the, not always good, but like I learned early on, or I, I formed a thought process early on that, and I only realized this later in life, the importance of social things and people. I, I think in the beginning, and I've stated this before, like I just didn't see the point or the value in having um, friends I, or, or like interactions with people because it was just, and I realized later in life, it's because it was so exhausting for me to be what everybody wanted me to be, to have and guarantee like the best outcome for any type of social interaction. If there was any type of conflict or I rubbed someone the wrong way, I just vanished. And I think valuing people and relationships does require vulnerability for sure. I, I heard an interesting book or something. It was Brene Brown and she's a, she's a really uh, well-renowned uh, I think a psychologist, and she had done a lot of her study on vulnerability. That's what she's known for. And so she had struggled with it because she didn't like that being the answer of like a lot of things. And that's, she's the one that I got the quote from the man in the arena. Um, she had interviewed a bunch of special forces guys and asked them about deployments and uh, firefights and things in, that they had been involved with in various wars. And she asked them, um, did any of them not require vulnerability, expecting, you know, a very macho response of like, why? That's dumb. But every single one of them without fail said no great act within any type of military engagement happened without an extreme amount of vulnerability. And so I think just reframing my perspective on vulnerability and what I would state showing my real self, because then I enjoy the interaction because it's really me and it's not this facade that I'm projecting to avoid pain or judgment or any of those things. So I think in the beginning, I, I did form very... Um, unhealthy views of people as being worthless and not important to have any type of social interaction aside from myself or my parents to running with different running in circles with like either my wife's family or other people that like genuinely care about you that they're literally asking like you know i'm not just asking how you are i'm really invested in like how really how are you really and being able to answer that freely and be vulnerable without 
And in the beginning, it's hard because you kind of wince and you're like, don't judge me. But like I, I, I learned, especially career wise. I don't know why career wise. I can do it very openly, very easily. Social is just I'm slightly uh, slower in that aspect. That That's a little bit harder for me. Like I still like have a lot of anxiety when it comes to social things and like or or like I agree with you 100% like if people are like like a bunch of people that I don't know and if I don't know them that makes me very uncomfortable because I can't like ascertain what their social makeup is or what type of person they are what they respond to and especially there's a lot of them I can't be all things to all people so that makes me very uncomfortable and especially if they're sharing things and being vulnerable I do find myself being overwhelmed so Career-wise, it's helped me become very successful in being vulnerable. Social-wise, still needs a lot of work, and and like there are at, there are times when I'm just like, I have to I have to take a break. It, like it's weird, and I and because I'm so real now, and I have like real talks with my wife, I have real conversations with people, which is not always received well, but that's okay. Which in the past I would have never said that. Like don't offend anybody. But like I'm actually being myself, um, I I still have a I, it's still really hard for me, and I still have bouts of, you know, being super anxiety ridden to the point where I just like can't continue a conversation or I'll like bow out because it's just it's so much for me to handle. Doesn't it? When you think about it, doesn't it blow you away at how sensitive we are as humans? I mean, in really in general i mean there's a lot of people that put up a good front but i would say the vast amount of people um you just can't say everybody but um we're, we're very sensitive and um we're prone to things that affect the way we communicate our feelings get in the in the works. Um, one of the things is you were talking about the military and being vulnerable. Uh, you know, there's a there's if you stop to ask yourself, what is it? Why is it that you do certain things when certain things happen? Somebody says a certain thing, whatever, and it seems to trigger an an automatic response. Um, I. I I think we're so complicated, we don't realize that there are many things that have happened to us over the course of a lifetime, and that when we encounter certain scenarios throughout our life, and it seems to be that we have the same response to it, and you say, when did I start doing this? When I don't like it. I'd, I'd like to change it, but I, it's like it's a knee-jerk thing that's happening with me, and it, it may be it may take you back to when you were much younger and there was a certain thing, like, for instance, for me. Um, I, I was very much like so many other young men wanting to have the approval of my dad. And when I didn't meet his approval at the, in one occurrence where a couple of boys beat the snot out of me, um, and instead of being encouraging, he you know, basically told me I, he would never let somebody do that to him. <laughs> you know, and as a seven or eight year old boy, that's pretty tough to hear. And so you, the walls you build at a time like that, uh, I mean, you you put those bricks on there and you you got the mortar holding them together. And once it all dries, it's pretty rock solid and it's hard to bring those down. And But the worst part of it is 
is that a lot of times those you don't even realize it as an adult that that wallet is still there. And so there will be certain things that will happen to you as an adult that are in certain ways mimicking the kind of scenarios that you experience as a child. And all of a sudden that wall is there and you're, you're asking yourself, why, why am I struggling with this? You know, fear is, is one of those kind of emotions that plays into, into us in the, and you don't understand it. You don't understand where it came from, but it could well be, like I say, once some of those childhood things, I, I think going back to what I said about, you know, having a mentor or somebody that you can be vulnerable with, it is so helpful if you do have somebody who you can be so thoroughly honest with and they can be that sounding board. They know you well, they know your life, and they can give you perspective on your emotions, your emotional responses, your behavior, what you're thinking. It's um, it's really detrimental to just rely on yourself because I don't think you see yourself. You don't like others do who know you, who are looking from the outside in. It's like <laughs> there's this thing in the room with you that you don't see and it's your past, a past way of responding to things. And you don't even realize it still has power in the way you're responding to things now. Yeah, it happened 30, 40, 50 years ago, but it's still has power in the way you're responding now. And unless you're, unless you're able to see it, and many times it's through the eyes of another person, um, you don't know how to stop it. Fear, it. fear is an interesting thing too to me because is it wrong to be fearful? No, of course not. I mean, there's a, there's a cautious kind of fear, but there's also nothing wrong with a fear that, of doing something you've never done before and there's going to be a lot of people seeing it and so it could go wrong and so that's a legitimate fear the problem is and let me just take you back to this thing with the military they face fear out on the on the battlefield you know um and they have to accept the fact that they're going to be fearful on the other hand it can't keep them from acting upon what they know to do so it's not like I got to wait until I'm no longer fearful and then I'm going to act. No, you don't have that opportunity. <laughs> That's not an option. Fear is okay. But if you let it stop you in your tracks, then that's something else. Okay. So I, um, I think it's always good when we're facing something new or something just in general fearful to ask yourself, is this a legitimate fear? that tells me that I should not engage in this? Or is it something I need more information about before I take off in this direction? Or is it just something that I know what to do, I just need to get out there and do it? And as you maybe practiced or you've maybe readied yourself for that moment where you're exposed to this fear, you find that your training, your discipline or whatever it is kicks in and before you know it, that fear is actually helping energize you, but you still have to take that initial step into that fear before anything good will happen. Yeah, fear. Um, I didn't. Oh, as you were talking, I was pondering. I was like, oh, I'm not really that affected by fear, but I, I am. 
Um, fear for me is equates down to not not things that I'm like physically scared of as much, but I think the fear that I deal with in my life that I've started a long time ago is risk. So I like at a two way street, I do not like turning left. <laughs> like leg- like legitimately, like especially if I can't see oncoming traffic because that risk is too high for me to take. So I will literally like make three rights to make a left. And that sounds ridiculous. But to me, I can't like risk is very is something that I weigh that weighs heavily on my mind a lot. And I always try to position myself in the most advantageous way in my life or career or social areas that risk makes me very, very uncomfortable and scared. Uh, totally. Um, I'm scared that people won't like me. I'm scared that I won't be real. Uh, and like the new thing that I was talking about in, in my past, I was a very fake person. It, it was, it was very easy for me to just pass things off as, you know, I, you couldn't really nail me down on anything. Cause it was like, you know, what do you think? Well, yeah, I think that's reasonable. Sure. So, and being myself now and, and having a lot of help from my wife, um, she'll ask me a question and and I'll say uh, if I start think if I start comments like, uh, well, you know, or if I say things like, uh, well, you know, I, I think it's, you know, anything. Anytime I say, you know, she's like, stop. Tell me the truth. And that's code for forget all this. What do you want? And I told her in the past that I, I'm scared that I'll influence your opinion. You'll do something that you don't want to do, and that'll make me feel bad. And she's like, forget that. This is your opinion. I'm going to give my opinion. And then we evaluate them and discuss it together, and then we go with whatever option we both agree on. Sometimes we'll compromise. Sometimes it won't be the best decision, but that's how we're going to do it. And that's really helped me in understanding that that interaction that I have with people socially or when I'm having a conversation, it doesn't have to be this like firm. I say this, that's the truth. If you don't agree with it, we fight. It's just like, this is my opinion. This is your opinion. So that's kind of helped me out a lot. And and I, and just, so that's still something that I really struggle with. And like you said about like the physical responses of like the social anxiety, I, I wouldn't say that I have like diagnosed social anxiety. It's not like, an ex, it's not detrimental to my life, but I definitely notice it more now that I am more of, um, in my own skin and being real about things that like, I kind of lean into the discomfort now, as opposed to like you were saying, you'll do things and you don't even know why you did them. Like, for me, it was, I run away. Like, I just, bye. Like, they have no idea. I just fall off face of the earth because I don't want to deal with conflict or I don't want to have a real conversation or I don't want to really express myself because I don't want to be judged or I don't want someone to feel bad. But then when you evaluate it at face value, all those worries would drive a person insane because I can't possibly be all things to all people and make everybody happy and make myself happy. Yeah. Did you ever wonder... You know, I'm thinking about your wife now, and I'm thinking it's really important that we wait for the right one, and that that right when that right one comes, that we're able to identify it. I'm looking at her, and I'm thinking, you know, you're very fortunate. Um, 
there have been some women in your past that had you stopped and ended up marrying some of those women. Uh, don't think for a minute that you would be able to say that you've had these insights into yourself at this. <laughs> um, it could have easily become a train wreck. Uh, I'm sure some of those, if you had, had stayed with some of the women that you've been with. And and that's not to be critical of some of the women you've dated so much that, because I, I think male and female interactions as you're just getting your feet wet, you know, you're in high school or whatever, and it, you're just learning about having male-female relationships and hopefully healthy ones. And you're learning, and you're not even realizing it, but you're discovering things about women that they really do think differently um, than we do. And that's not a bad thing. Um, but maturity has to set in for both you and, and the women. Um, which means you got to give it time. You gotta, people got to have a little bit of life experience to, that to bring to the table. And with that maturity, you can have the kind of relationship you have now where she can speak into your life from a point of confidence. And it's not just trying to impress you because you're the high school football quarterback or something. And she just wants to impress you. Or so. Those high school relationships were very shallow, you know? Um, but as you mature, and, and begin to see th th what that can do for you as far as when you start thinking about long-term relationships. It's so important to have that maturity there. And it's also so important in your case that you met somebody who filled um, some areas <laughs> that really pointed out some stuff to you like you're sharing. Um, you're very fortunate to have that. No, I agree. I, um, past relationships were more haphazard. Uh, they just happened and I was there in the zone of collateral damage. So I just kind of went with it and like, it, it was nothing bad against them. It was fine. It was a life experience. Like the per the people that you're with before kind of teach you to what you want and what you don't want. And not negative, just that's what you like, what you don't like. Uh, with her, I felt seen and challenged. And it was probably I sought after her. And I think that was a different experience for me. Uh, but being challenged was definitely interesting and intriguing. But I did feel, and she said that, like the first day we met, she saw me. I was trying to project a certain bravado but and charismatic me but she saw through it and she said i knew you were a really good guy and i was like wow really like i remember that conversation and i did not <laughs> seem that way at all but she um yeah i i think the advice for my younger self and anyone else like they have to challenge you if they don't challenge you at least for me if you're like me if they don't challenge you, it's just not going to work. Yeah, a lifetime's a long time to be with somebody that bores you or that just doesn't get you. Um, and if you've got a situation where the, it was built off of a physical relationship with not a lot of uh, emphasis on the other aspects of the relationship, it doesn't take very long before that 
um, becomes something kind of dark and unlovely. Um, uh, well, and I think that is a really good point about not getting you. I, I think that's something that I didn't value as much uh, when I was younger. But yeah, it's someone that just that clicks for you, that they, they understand you and they see you and they acknowledge you and they like the positive things that you have instead of they're befuddled by them. Like that's another sign that you like, you know, if they're like, oh, well, he's just really weird. He likes, you know, helping animals. That's just strange. It's like, that's not strange. That's an endearing quality <laughs> for a person. So like just thinking about it like that too, like not everybody's your person. And then I think uh, I came from um, more of a, a, a thought process of you just make it work. And I learned through life that that's not a good mentality. You shouldn't just try to duct tape things together just to keep it running. And like every relationship is going to end until it doesn't. And, and that's just the way life goes, but you have to really be able to call them as you see them and, and, you know, not look at it as like wasted time because I think that really helped me develop a lot into the person that I am today. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm very grateful for the turns that my life has taken and that I learned. <laughs> That's the biggest uh, that I learned because uh, there were times that, you know, I was very hard headed, but I'm grateful for that. Yeah, and that's good. You're you've got a relationship that's the way it's supposed to be, where one plus one equals six. Um, some people have one plus one equals negative two, <laughs> um, where they're not really adding to the relationship something to make it bigger. Uh, and that's what you want. You you don't want to always have to be dragging the other person along or trying to figure out what the world's going on with them or um, and that. So you have to start off on the right foot for sure. Well, that's about all I have for our discussion. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. the last thing I was going to say are making excuses for what you need. What you need is important. And, and you know, don't lose yourself for someone else because no. if they don't know you, they're not going to save you. No, no. <laughs> you, uh, I think always to remember that God created all of us uniquely and we have a purpose for being here that's uniquely ours. Don't get absorbed into somebody else or don't let yourself be dampened down by the criticisms of others. You have something very special to offer the world. Um, Got to find a way to make it happen. Well, it's been good, buddy. It's been good. We did it. Yes. Well, we will talk at you again. Okay. Bye. See you later.